Ketubot Afyut Chet, the last thing we were discussing was that the last part in the Mishnah where Rabbi Yoshua agrees that if someone told his friend that this land used to belong to your father, but uh, I bought it off of him, that we believe him in that case. But if there's Aidim, then we don't believe him. And the question was, why do we have to mention that case? Why don't we just, uh, why didn't Rabbi Yoshua bring up a case where a person told his friend this used to be your land, now it's mine, I bought it off of you. So we said we're talking about a situation where the, the person held on to land for two years, and then the father died and the son took over and he held on to it uh, one year while the son was there. And we want to say that's not a hazaka. And with that, we are starting Yudhayt Amud Aleph, first line in, last word on the first line. Why do you have to go with the whole case of, uh, I got this land from your father, I bought it off of him. Why can't you just say the case is, I borrowed money from you and I paid it back, that we believe the man, even without a swear. And same idea, the mouth that said I owes, the mouth that said I paid back, and we have to believe him. Why can't we just uh, bring up that case in the Mishnah? So like Mark explains, because they want to mention in the Sefer, we want to say that if there's witnesses that say he borrowed money from him and he says he paid him back, that we don't believe him. But that's not true, that's not the din, because we know that if someone borrowed money and there was witnesses, you don't have to pay him back with the witnesses. Rather, we believe him when he says, I paid back. And again, the Gemara asks, why do I need the whole father case? Velitini, why don't you just bring a bigger chidush? A person tells his father, listen, um, uh, I owe your father $100, I hold my name, but I gave him back half of that, so I only own 50 now. We, we believe him, and he doesn't even have to swear, because again, and the Gemara says you can't bring that down, because... Who does Rabbi Yeshua hold like in that case? If he holds like Rabbanan, Rabbanan holds, he's just like returning a lost object and he doesn't have to swear. And not just because of the concept of a peshe asar, a peshe hitir, it's like a higher level, meaning he's more believed. Now, if it's, he holds like Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Ha'amar, even when you don't, when the son is not the one making claim against him, he says you still have to swear, and you're not patur because of the whole peshe asar peshe itir thing. The Tanya Rebili Aizah ben Yaakov Omer, sometimes a person makes a claim himself and he has to swear, even though his friend didn't make a claim against him, meaning even out of his own words he has to swear. Ketzad, for example, Mane Davi your uh, fa- I owed your father a hundred dollars a manevachaltivas and I paid him back half he has to swear like any other person who makes half an admission a person who makes half an admission there's a famous that really a person wants to be kofer bakol, but a person will never completely deny something in front of the person who did him a favor and lent them money. But a person would half deny it. He'll only uh, admit the half of it, and that's why we throw a swear. So Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says when a person says something like that, th- then we make him swear. 
וזהו שנשבע על טענת עצמו. This is the person who has to swear because of his own admission. וחכמים אומרים, חכמים ארגו, and they say, אינו אלא כמשיב אבידה. It's just like a person returning a lost object, because if no one makes a claim against you and you admit it, then you don't have to swear, upatur. And therefore you don't have to swear. On the other half, just pay whatever you admit, and that's it. Now, this is the way the Gemara is understanding this uh, sugya. The Gemara is going to change uh, very soon, but let's just uh, we're understanding it like that. So now, the Gemara asks a question, He doesn't hold of this concept that if someone uh, returns a lost object, he's patur from swearing. There's a famous, uh, just the way of the world, because then no one's going to want to return a lost object. So the Gemara answers, Amarav, no, Rebili Ezeb and Yaakov agrees that if no one makes a claim against him, he doesn't have to swear. Here we're talking about a situation in Katan, where a child is the one who made the claim against him that he owes his father money. The Gemara says, yeah, but how could you say that? Ha'amar Mor, we know this famous sugan, Masech Shavuot, if a Heresh, a deaf mute, someone who's not competent or a Katan make a claim against you, you don't have to swear. The Gemara explains, my Katan, what are we talking about Katan? We're talking about a Gadol. The Gemara says, and why are we calling him a Katan? No, because compared to his father's business dealings, he's only a Katan, who is he? The Gemara says, Then we can't call it his own admission. Rather, other people are making a claim against him. And we know the case that if it's someone else making a claim and he half admits, then he has to swear. So the Gemara explains, no, over here it's Ta'anat Ahirim, other people are making a claim against him, he's admitting to half, and when someone admits to half, he has to swear. But the Gemara says, but that's obvious. All the claims that make a person swear, there has to be a modebe miktsat, a person partially admitting. There has to be someone making a claim and him only partially admitting. So what's the Hidush of Rabbi Ezra ben Yaakov that he calls it over here his own uh, claim, his own admission? Even Hakamim would agree in this type of thing. So what's the Hidush? Ella, you have to say we're talking about a situation where the Katan is making a claim against them. And even though in general we don't swear on a Katan's claim, over here it's different because he's coming in the name of his father. Uh, so that's what Rabbi Ezra ben Yaakov is saying, that he swears and Hachamim argue, and they say he doesn't swear because he's just like a re- returning a lost object. And the Hacha bid Rabbah, Kamiflagi here, they're arguing with the Svara, the logic of Rabbah. Rabbah says, what's the logic, what's the reason the Torah said, someone who partially admits that something should swear, because because we have a chazaka, it's a given that someone will not be so brazen in front of a person who did him a favor, someone who gave him a loan, that he's going to totally deny everything. And really, he wants to deny everything. What's the reason he's not denying everything? Because he's not so brazen. No Jew is so bad that he's going to totally deny it in front of his uh, in, in front of his creditor. And really, and really, he wants to admit the whole thing. 
But the problem is, why is he not admitting? This way he runs away a little bit. This way he gives him some time. Until I figure out how to get the, the money, and then I'll pay him everything. And the Torah said, I want you to put a swear on him so that he'll admit everything. Now, Gigmar explains, Rabbi Leizer ben Yaakov savar lo shana bo ve lo shana bibno eno me'iz. Rabbi Leizer ben Yaakov held that that hazaka that a person will totally deny, that applies to the creditor himself or the creditor's son, the person who gave him the loan and his son. Meaning a person is not that brazen even in front of the son. Ve'elkach lav meshiv avidave. And therefore, when he's being modem mikzat, he's not returning a lost object and therefore he has to swear. The person will not uh, totally deny, will not lie straight into the face of his creditor. But in front of his son, he would go all out and totally deny things. And the, re- and the fact that he's not being so brazen to deny everything, then he's a meshiva vedave. He's a person who's returning a lost object. And here there's a famous Tosafot, we cannot, uh, we, we cannot pass without just talking about it. Tosafot mentions that according to Rashi, what the Gemara's back and forth is, or the Svara of Rabbah is, that uh, how could you make him swear, the Chora, uh, you see that he's suspected of lying when it comes to money, and now you're making him uh, swear on money, usually you don't make a person swear on something that he's suspected of uh, lying about. You're the Chora setting this person up to do Na'averad, and the Gemara's answer is that really he's just run, running away and he really wants to admit everything, so he's not really suspected of lying when it comes to money. So therefore you can place a swear on him. Tosfot explains the whole back and forth of the Shvarav Rabbah as follows, that really he's not suspected of lying when it comes to money, but the Gemara's question is that when a person is partially admitting, that means he's partially denying, you see that he's a little bit brazen. But on the other hand, you, like he has a migo. He, said, he could have said, I would have lied about everything. Meaning the fact I'm saying, oh, this, believe me, because I could have denied everything and I wouldn't have sweared. And the Gemara says, really, no one would be brazen enough to totally deny in front of his creditor. And he's just trying to run away. And really, Torah, the, the thief is kasher to swear, and just made a Therefore, in this type of case where you see him running away, you make him swear. Very good, Ayun Sugya, if you get the chance. Next, Mishnah. There's witnesses, they signed on a contract, they said, This is our handwriting, Aval Bat, Anusim Hainu. We were forced to write our name on it. Or Ktanim Ainu, we were young when we signed it. Or Pesule Aidut Hainu, we were Pesule Aidut, either we were relatives or we were gamblers at the time. Hare Elun Emanim, you could believe them because again, same rule. Pesha Sara they're the ones who said it's us, but they also said uh, there's a reason not to believe it. There's uh, witnesses that this is their handwriting. Or there's another document with their handwriting on it, and we can tell it's theirs. Then, we don't believe them anymore because now there's testimony or there's something disproving or something else saying that this is their signature and, this, and that's like a witness 
or that's strong enough evidence that uh, that's them, so they would have to now prove that they were forced. It's no longer a Pesha Asar, a Pesha Itir, because the Pesha Asar is something else. It's not them anymore. So they're not believed to say yes and no anymore. And the Gemara starts, That later part of the Mishnah, where it says if there's witnesses or there's evidence uh, that their signature somewhere else, or this is their signature, they're not believed. That's only if they said, we were forced to sign this because the man uh, threatened to take away money from us. And the reason is, no one is believed to put himself a, a rasha, to make himself a rasha and say that he signed on a document falsely uh, because of the money. If they said, listen, it was a second half of a short, the guy put a gun to our head said, sign, then we have to believe them, even though there's evidence against them. And Amar le Rabbah, and Rabbah said to Rabbi meaning they could always just be posel ashar whenever they feel like it. He can't just be posel ashar. It can't be that a person said something and then changes his mind and says something totally else. When they sign this document, they're saying one thing. When they come in now, they tell me a different thing. Whatever it is, now they're changing their whole thing. A person can't just come and say whatever he wants whenever he wants. It doesn't work that way. If you want to say that that concept that you don't uh, you don't change what you said, that's alpe. That's only if it happened by heart. Meaning you came to betin, you said a story, then you change your mind a different uh, different day. But maybe you want to say with the contract there is no din. If witnesses signed on a contract and a document, it's like their testimony was already inspected in betin. Ela Kitmar, when Rameh Hamas said that it only it, he's only believed when it comes to Nefashot, but not Mamon, that's Areshaitmar. It was said on the first part of the Mishnah, where they're the ones who said that this is our signature, but we were forced, or or we were kids, or we pasule aidut. Meaning, in the case of Pesha Asa Pesha Hitir, we ended off Hare Elu Ne'emanin. We believe them. And Amar and Mebar Haman. On that, Mebar Haman said, Lo shanu, ela shamru, anusina inu mehamat nefashot. That's Dafka if they said, the guy put a gun to our head and threatened to kill us if we don't sign it. Abal amru, anusina inu mehamat mehamon. But if they said, we signed it because the guy uh, paid us, or he said he'll take away money from us, or something like that, in manin, we don't uh, believe them. My tama, what's the reason? And Adam may seem a person doesn't make himself a rasha. We have a hazaka. No one's going to say that uh, he did something wrong in, uh, just for money. Idim that are signed on a contract, they are not believed to say that this is a lie. They are believed. Now, I understand according to Rabbanan, that's the reason. The method saying that this contract is good is also the method saying the contract is not good. And obviously, we're talking about a situation where they're not making themselves a rasha. Why don't we believe them? I understand with pesulei aedut why Rabbi Meir wouldn't believe them because because the lender, before giving out the money, he's going to make sure that these are kosher witnesses that he's not going to have to deal with the headache later. We don't believe them like Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish. We have a Chazaka. Witnesses do not stand on the document. Unless it was done with Gedolim. 
So we know that the person, uh, the, the lender, the borrower, is going to make sure this is kosher. They're going to make sure that uh, these kids are over the age of bar mitzvah. Ela anusin maitama. If a person claims that, listen, it wasn't honest, the guy put a gun to our head, why don't we believe them there, according to Rabbi Meir? The mouth that says that this guy owes that guy money is the one who's saying that, uh, no, that's not the case. And we'll stop right here in the middle of a question. We'll continue with the, with the answer tomorrow. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.